0: Uh, what well, I'd like to talk about today is, it's, it's, it's uh, this is like a sad time, right? Something to do with the nine days, that kind of sadness is easy to handle, like we practice it every year. But the sadness of uh, being in a room, not knowing what the outcome will be, other than the fact that it will be... Yeah. it's a special kind of sadness that we, uh, that we all are experiencing now. So I, uh, so I thought I would give a shir today that would make you all happy. And it's about shir is about the book of Devarim, the book of Tvarim, which is the book that we're starting right now. It's different than the other books of the Torah. That difference has already been pointed out by the Ramban in his introduction to his commentary on the Torah, as well as his introduction as his introduction to uh, the book of Tvarim. Remember that the Ramban wrote the introductions to all of the books of the Torah on the theory that that every book has some overriding theme That is you can classify a book of the Torah as belonging to something or other so the book of Breshit, according to the Rav right <coughs> I mean of course he gets it from Chazal it's called is really the whole book of Breshit is about creation and the whole book of Shemot is about Geulah about redemption redemption of Am Yisrael, making them out of... Uh. When it comes to the book of Tvarim, when it comes to the book of Tvarim, he has a problem. And he doesn't understand, either. Ramban doesn't understand who, who wrote the book of Tvarim. If you look at the first pasuk, you look at the first pasuk: Asher Kol Yisrael, So that means that these are the words that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to B'nai Yisra'el. But it doesn't say in that passage that God spoke the words to Moshe Rabbeinu before Moshe Rabbeinu spoke them to to Yisra'el. And the Raman takes note of this. And the the Raman has to kind of figure out a way to include the book of Devarim in the category of Torah min hashamayim Since, you know, since the Rambam, Rambam Maimonides, Torah min hashamayim has become, has been, I mean, really it's in the Tanaim as well, but let's say, we'll make a benchmark as the Rambam. The Rambam says that Torah min hashamayim the fact that Torah comes from heaven, somehow, and the fact that Torah, Torah is immutable. That means that the Torah that we have, that we read from, it's exa- quote, to the Rambach, it's exactly the same Torah as was gi- as was given to the nation of Israel at our Sinai. Somehow, in spite of the fact that copying things is very difficult, it's very difficult to achieve. Perfection or accuracy, where you copy something as long as the Torah, and that there are many indicators, there are many indicators in the Torah itself that seem to say there's a a mistake here or an imperfection or something that has to be thought about. Nevertheless, the Ramam said, the Ramam said the Torah is perfect as it was given at Har Sinai. And that's the Torah that we have. That's the Torah that we are that we are studying now. It, even though this is um, to the mind of a scholar a kind of difficult position to uphold, it nevertheless became uh, a, a basic principle uh, that the Jewish people carried with them for the last. Thousand years or so since the Rambam, even though, as I said to you, it's also found in the Mishnah, right, long before the Rambam, but the Rambam is the one who impressed it on our minds. And you know that uh, that at the end of Shacharit, every morning, every morning, and mostly during, there is this series of Anima Amin that really goes back to the Rambam's position. And that, though one of the anima means is just this, that the Torah that we have is as it was given on Sinai, as it was given at Har Sinai, and it's remained immutable. It's remained unchangeable. It has, there's nothing about the Torah that we have that was different than the Torah that was given at Har Sinai to B'nai Yisrael. And so, uh... It it uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that the the one who made an issue of this, eventually coming to the same conclusion, is the Rambam. But the one who made a big issue of this was the Rambam, right? Nachmanides, as we said at the beginning, as we started talking. But I would like to first uh, with you see. And then uh, and then we'll see, uh, together, the one who developed this and summarized it and, and uh, came to the same conclusion as the Ramban was the Ibarbanel. I mean, just to get a... Uh, 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 you remember the Ibarbanel? He was, he was really modern Orthodox, he the Ibarbanel, even though, even though for some reason he's not Held in high esteem by those who are looking for a modern Orthodox model. But you know that the Abarbanel worked for the King of Spain. He was his, uh, a, a very important advisor. This was before the expulsion from Spain. And the Abarbanel also wrote extensively on Jewish uh, uh, matters and he wrote a very long commentary on the Tanakh which of course may have been his unruly nearly Barbonel because long is always problematic right, in you know, order to study something that's very long you have to have a lot of stamina so there are Barbonel, who apparently assumed that everybody had a lot of stamina was kind of shunted aside there is today a new edition of the Abarvanel that is published. It makes it a little bit easier to go through, but it's still in Hebrew, the Abarbanel. The Arvonel was... Uh, so he was very talented, very knowledgeable, very interesting. So what we want to do tonight is see if Rashi has something to say, and then see what the Abarvanel has to say on this question of the Book of Tvarim. Is the book of Devarim the same as or different from the other books? And does that difference impinge on our understanding of Torah min Hashemayim? Right, that the whole Torah somehow comes from heaven and was given to B'nai Yisrael as a gift from, uh, from HaKadosh Baruch. Well, which is something that we, we believe to be true even though we can't really prove it. We can't... Uh, it, it was. It's okay. It, it's okay to believe in things that you can't prove. That this is one of the the foundations of the theology developed by Rav the of Ratzler, who didn't like he didn't like the Ramba. because the Ramba gave the impression that you could prove things, that you could be right, that you prove that you are right. and Rav Nachman thought you couldn't do that, but he said he said alternatively that faith wins, like a person who has faith that God is somehow involved in the running of the world, uh, that's, that's proof enough. It's proof enough for that, for that person, right? So let's look at, let's first look at the ration The first pasuk means, Moshe, Kol yisheh. these are the things that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to B'nei Yisrael look at the Rashi Eim Hadvarim T'vi Shehem Tevrei these are harsh words that Moshe Rabbeinu was about to say uh, to B'nei Yisrael but and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to mention all of the places right since Yitziat Mitzrayim the places where B'nei Yisrael angered God. We didn't mention it. We don't know exactly where we have to that with Rashi, but that's what Rashi said, mm-hmm. because all of these things that I mentioned, all these words that I mentioned in the Pasuk, which we'll see in a minute, all of those words, all of those words are embarrassing. Embarrassing words. They remind us of of bad things that the Israel Yisrael did, and therefore, therefore he doesn't really mention it. It's a remez, right? You know what the word remez is? The, what? A hint. A hint. Good. Very good. Remez is a hint, but also, also you have to understand that the word remez refers to one of the four legitimate ways of learning the Torah text: shat remez, drash. And so, pardes, that's the, the cross thing that reminds us of these four ways. So that if you learn something with a remez, if you learn it as though it hints to some bigger idea, that itself kind of makes it into Torah. Because yet what you do with the Torah? You look for a remez. You look for something that is not not—that is not done. Now, now, what exactly a remez is, is probably not... Uh, defined equally by the different commentaries. But here Rashi says, Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke the words of Remes. And the Remes that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, the Remes that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, was about the different places he spoke to, like God. He, he didn't say it exactly. So what did he say? They so the the first pasuk That exists, Bidbar is a desert. Arava. well, it's like a desert, it's a plain. Mulsuth, Mulsuth, Suh we've heard of, it, right? Yamsuth, Yamsuth is Sea. it reads. Uh, Deng Karan, Haran is also a place we've heard of in the Torah. Uvein Tothel, Tothel is also a place. Oh, God, I don't remember that so much but these are also I don't remember those words in the Torah but these all sound like place names they all sound like the Moshe Abenu is saying the uh, Eber HaYar Dei you see the problem with the Pesuk this is what Moshe Abenu said so what should come after that perhaps, like an adverb, like where? Where did he say this? Instead of the Pesach us where Moshe Rabbeinu said it, it, it listed like a list of places where Moshe Rabbeinu might have said it, but he couldn't have said it in all these places at the same time, because the, all these places are different. So Rashi, as they say, like Rashi hops onto it, and he says, oh, that's not what Moshe Rabbeinu said. This is the Tochachah. Just mentioning the names of these places that reminds you of what terrible thing happened there, that itself, that itself is the Tochachah that Moshe Rabbeinu said. So it's all in this pasuk. It's all of this pasuk. Now look at, at the Rashi. El kol Yisrael. Moshe spoke <speaking> to <in> the <Hebrew> Yisrael. Eru Mitzatan. If he would have only spoken to a a group, then uh, uh sorry, uh Vikana, you ate with Shibashukabri, those who are left out the in the in the shuk in Mahana Yuruda, they would say, Atendhi I can show in the Bena Brahm, L Shivotin Dava Vikapha What you heard Moshe Abeda talking about these things and you didn't respond, you didn't say anything to him? He says, if we were there, we you know, buying and selling tomatoes in the show. we would have responded to this uh, to this uh, stuff that Moshe Abeda was saying, Mishivimoto, Therefore he brought them all together and he said, You're all here, call me she never has to say about what I say. So He'll say it. so that what is the word that Rashi is referring to? Ewa Dwey Vashem Dwey El Kol Yisrael Why the stress on Kol Yisrael that all of the the people of Israel there and Rashi has an answer now Rashi the next word after Kol Yisrael is Ewa Yatei ok is a big place Bami what is Bami so Rashi says Lo Bami are you ahead of our so, so Rashi gets it. He says, where were they? They were in our up in the Moabite plain on the eastern side, Jordan River, the eastern side, right? the eastern side of Jordan River before they came to Eretz Yisrael Moshe Abenu is speaking to Bnei Yisrael ba'eva hiadei, and Rashi says mitvah, you? what do you mean bamidvah? they were not in the desert Ela so what does the word how did the word sneak in here this is not He says, it reminds us of something that happened at the time of Yitzhak Shrine where people complained that they were in the desert and had nothing but me to drink. So Rashi says, Rashi's reading. Like, you know, it's like he did this. If he would just say what he was doing, he would be graded very highly in the literature class. I think because, what does Rashi say? The word Bamidvah is the key to understanding the pasut. Why is it the key to understanding the pasuk? Because it doesn't fit in. It doesn't belong there. It's simply a mistake. They were not in the bitvah. So, how do you read the pasut? He says, Stop. And what did he say? He looked at them and he said, Bamidvah. And they all had lutes because they knew exactly what Moshe Khamenei was referring to. He was not referring to the fact that they were now in the Midbar but that the people had once sinned in the Midbar And therefore, that word, ba Midbar is the key to understanding the Pasuk And then from there on in, Rashi continues. Rashi says, uh, Rashi says, uh, you like, right? you know that bilam, Balat, bilam gave them the, the, the suggestion that they should send the women to entice to the to the men to go down the That's mulsuf, the The Jews who are complaining all the time. So Yom is another place where they they uh, they complain. Kharan and Be'n Toto right, you see the next <coughs> the next part of Rashi by Rabbi Yom Khamon Al Ha'zhanu alko adikrat and lo vatsinu makom she'shmo right, in other words you see the passage says Be'n Kharan and then Toto V'lavan so, what did Rav Yotman say, or oh, the Rajvi, a different person, what did he say? We Googled it. We Googled that, and what came out? Nothing. There is no such place. So that's the second proof that Rajvi has, that this pasuk has to be understood differently. It's not what it seems. And what is it therefore? He says, "Hulava uh, tsiru matok shesro toslo de lama ela hachikan." He is speaking to them about a man. Remember the man and the man. They should have been happy about the man, but they said, "Shalu nashenu hatsa the letter letter that's what's We hate it. We hate this man. Every day you get the same picture, even though the Gemara says that the man had the taste of whatever you wanted it to be. But I guess through the nine days you could eat the man and want to eat a hamburger, and that would be okay because it would just taste like a hamburger. It doesn't mean it was bizarri. It wasn't really normal, All kinds of problems with bizarri in the desert. But that's what that's what we're talking about. We're talking about. We're talking about the man. Then, uh, the next one is the Torah. This is a reference to Torah. So the last one, you see Dizah? It's the last one in the list. It's Pasuk. They had a lot gold, so they built the Egel They made it out of are there? I mean it, it would be an aramaic It's a, an aramaic word which is its own problem that Rashi doesn't relate to. But I, I, I accept it's a good question. But well, we're learning Rashi. So you know we're limited here. Shahma says a love. Okay, they, they used the gold They used to the go. What? these <laughs> Egg. Ah, Egg. There you go. Egg. you <laughs> Egg. <laughs> 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 okay. we will continue. in, in, in Any event there's, there's a continuation of the story again. Who's speaking to Bin Israel? Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to B'nai Israel. Is there an indication that Moshe Rabbeinu received these words somehow from God? No. There's no indication. It was Moshe Rabbeinu's idea. He's going to speak to B'nai Israel. So I would say, I would say that it may be that Rashi understood somehow that these statements of Moshe Rabbeinu must be Torah, because they have the principle. They use the principle of remnants. And it's not likely that in Moshe's day, in Rashi's in, in time, it was Chaucer. <laughs> yeah. What? Chaucer. Thought, so there you go. Rashi. If it was Chaucer, you could maybe argue the case. But in Rashi's time, I mean, people wrote simple, straightforward things. They didn't like what the Rima said. A is is itself. Suddenly, they can only exist uh, for Rashi in the Torah. Now, I know that you're going to be able to find some other document someplace in the world, in where, where there is a remnant, but so what? I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I think that Rashi, Rashi can prove to us that this is regular Torah, and that Torah that was adopted somehow, including. He uses this principle of remes, which is a principle that refers to Torah understanding. You can understand the Pesukim of the Torah simply, as remes, as rash, and this is what Rashi, this is what Rashi Torah is here. Okay? Now, uh, let's go to the last Pesukah the God, because we won't, we might not make it otherwise. The last pasuk, pasuk Hei Gatul, Be'eva HaYadei Be'eva Be'eva So this is the pasuk that defines the place, the location that Moshe HaVadim found himself speaking to B'nei Yisrael. this pasuk Hei, Be'eva Hayadeh, the eastern side of the Jordan River, the Eretz Bo'at, right whatever the Eretz Bo'at might be, I don't know, in other words, if those days the, uh, in those days, it was very hard to define uh, the, the land that belonged to a particular nation unless it was bounded by rivers and mountains. But Ammon and Moab and Edom, they were all one, one on top of the other somehow. So it's hard to know exactly where it was. But if you were there, you would probably know that it was Eretz Moab. So Moshe of was speaking of Eretz Moab. And then the Pasuk says, o Moshe began. Now what did the Moshe began to do? They erred, the Tarah to play So this is a second story. Was the first story was about Moshe and Tokha. Tokha means rebuke. Right? That's Moshe Rabbeinu. The second story or the second part of the content of the book of Tvarim is in Pasuk hey, which says, Chol'il Moshe what does Be'er mean? To explain, to comment. And so that we showed him the Mithorshah, not Rashi but the Befoshim, other versions say, Moshe Rabbeinu, first time around, he taught them the words of the Torah. But now in the book of he has to teach them, uh, 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 to get, you know, give more uh, inclusive Shehurim about the different mitzvot in the Torah. But we don't have that written now but we have it in what we call Torah Shavah Peh Torah Shavah Peh is the is the explanation so the explanation is according to Mizphatshu He started He mojaveim explained the Torah the Mitzvot in the book of Devarim now if you look at the at the last line in the Rashi it's here. and he began he began the eret ataras. have there's a Rashi that is a good thing to think about, but not so easy to understand. The eret ataravish shivin l'ashon per shalahem. The l'ashon at seventy. The number seventy is the means everybody. Shivim l'ashon means all of the languages, all of the languages. So uh, in some way. In some way, Moshe Abedin had to go and make the Torah appropriate to everybody. And in history, in history, that's really what happened. That's really what happened. Every time uh, Christian missionaries uh, went someplace, it doesn't matter where they went, and so they, they were very, uh, uh, very energetic, and they learned the language of the place, and they wrote a little dictionary. And the first thing they translated into the local dictionary was the Bible. Of course, to the Christians, the Bible was a little bigger than it is for us. But, But in any event, in history, in history, this idea that the Bible exists for everybody in every language imaginable actually came true. Actually, came true. The fact it turns out that what we know about many languages in the more ancient world, not in our world, comes from these uh, these translations of the Bible into the local into the local language. And so, Shvindla shown aired that there is that somehow Moshe Abayu made it possible to translate. The audio reading made it possible to translate it, that, that when you translate it, when you translate Torah into another language, you'll get something that's right. It won't be wrong. It won't be wrong. You know that the Gemara the Gemara in Megillah, the text talks about the same story of translating the Bible into Greek. Right? The Bible into Greek. And um, Ptolemy, who was a king, was a Greek vassal king in Egypt. And there were, at that time, a lot of Jews who lived in, in Egypt. And Ptolemy decided that it would be a great idea to translate the Bible into Greek. So he took, believe it or not, he took 70 Jews were very clever, he put each one of them in a different room. I guess he had a big house, and he put, gave everybody a room, and then he told everybody to translate the Bible into Greek. And uh, it turned out that the translations were exactly the same, all the 70, that's what we call the Septuagint. I mean, I, I'm not saying that what we call the Septuagint is what they translated exactly. I, I'm not saying that. But i say that's what we call it. We call it the Septuagint because there were 70, uh, 70 Chachamim who translated each in their own room. And that translation, that translation was accurate even when all these 70 guys changed the Pasuk. So the one that is most, uh, that we all remember, is that the Torah starts by Reshit, Bara Elohim. And all the translators translated Elohim Bara Reshit. Because they knew that the Greek way of thinking about things is that the first word is the most important word. So they would say that something called Reshit Created God. That's how they would understand, it. and therefore they changed it around, and they said timba Baravirshi. The Weekly Gemara tells the story. This was a miracle. This was the miracle of the of the translation of the Septuagint into Greek. That every one of these translators did exactly the same thing when they changed when they changed the words from one pool. To another thing, so I don't know if that's what Rashi was talking about. But Rashi seems to indicate Rashi says that, that that the Torah was so clear, it was so understandable, it was so well done that it's possible to say possible to say that Moshe Rabbeinu prepared in the book of Devarim, he prepared the book of of the Torah to be translated into seventy languages, so that everybody in the world could be given the advantage of knowing of knowing the Torah. That's what that's what it says. So if I had to summarize Rashi, I'd say we make three points. One has to do with remes, the other has to do with tovacha, with tohachah, and the third has to do with who remembers I'll be a teacher. Uh-huh. the first is remes, right? the second Remez because only the Torah is written to the Remez and the second is That that's what, what uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was doing but the Remez the connecting Remez and Tochachah was that he used the Remez method which is a Torah method in order to give the Tochachah in order to give the Tochachah which is hidden in the words that uh, that he said, and uh, finally, <coughs> finally he prepared the he prepared the Torah for to translation. But right? he prepared somehow. He did something. Also, Rashi points out that uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu explained Be'er, right? He explained the Torah. He made it accessible. Made Torah shalom. they perhaps accessible depending on how you you translated So, poor Rashi, Poor Rashi, somehow, I think this problem of the uh, Torah was not the very great problem. Uh, okay, now, uh, the following two pages, where we have an uh, ex- excerpt of the other words, what I did was, I, the Ababana was were very long, so I did, I just cut out the pieces that I was interested in, and it still came out to be very long. So, you know, that's how... Uh, I just don't want you to think that you have the text of the Ababanel. You want to learn the Ababanel, you have to get in the have to get in the And the Ababanel, to my mind, where I remember doesn't exist in any of the renditions of uh, Mikra'otki, Dalot of the Mithritic Bibles. But all, it only exists in separate volumes. Like you have to buy the library net, mm-hmm. which I'm not telling you to do, but it's... Or you go to the library. They still have libraries, don't they? Maybe you maybe can get it on the internet. I suppose. But, but it's very long. It's excre- it's very, very long. Or you can get it on that... Uh, we have that... Uh, in the office that... R. Uh, no, I don't think you can get it on Maybe you can. I mean, I have Barat bar but there's the other one, Torah, something or You know, it has all those books online, you can get a lot of books. Torah, 15,000 or 18,000 books. And, uh, there are public couple of libraries not that have 18,000 books. Uh, you have them all in your house. You just, you know, Google it. So look here. I'll read it and translate it. I'll read more words that I translate. So I mean, I'll translate it to for you. Shevatim v'kashetim. This is what he said to me about them. You see, page two at the top. In Mishnah rasha, some of Shem from the days of the Israelites. So nilo ba. Sefer el ha tzvarim, ayam et hashem min hashavai. So it sounds like the book of tzvarim comes from God and it comes from heaven. You can say simply that everything in the book of Tvarim comes from God to Moshe Avedon, to B'nei Yisrael. Which is the way the abad thought the Torah came into the world. Right? The God taught Moshe? Moshe taught B'nei Yisrael. That, that's, how it, that's how it worked. He entered the dream of the Rav, he was she, but when Torah, this is uh, oh they're all the same. All the books of the Torah, all the words of the Torah, the psukim of the Torah, exactly the same. From this, uh, from this point of view, all oh. is that one way of looking at. It, he says Torah ben Ashabai, it's it's true about the just as it's true about about shmot and va'yikra and and say that we shnet the rabb Zeha Marav L'Shem. I know he drove a Marav. Can the Ba'al Ma'asei be? Now Kavanah he could be Marav. Or maybe, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu he did it by himself. He sat down and he said to me, Yisrael, sure need a little more explanation. They need to be to be buttressed in their ability to understand. And so I'm going to help them. I'll write down what I know. I write down a lot of things that I know, and he says, he says, So he likes that pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu started to explain the Torah. And he was, a who may be neva mada to the other I think um, so, so. So the Abba says there are two possibilities. Either the Torah of Jorim is exactly the same as all the others, and that God told Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Israel. Or Moshe Rabbeinu is so a little more creative here. He was like, um, it was involved. It was involved in explaining things that B'nai Israel might get wrong. And he thought that that was an important thing. Now, if you skip the next paragraph to the third paragraph, data the name of As if you would hold that Moshe Rabbeinu was the author of the Book of Avraham, He said that this was Moshe Rabbeinu is was doing. He trying to explain things better. He <laughs> Because even if you say that, there's still four problems about by How can you say that they just attached the fifth book to the Torah? That they attached something that uh, that Moshe Veda wrote. Uh we go there these are things that, that Moshe Rabbein himself, himself, himself wrote how could it be how could you imagine that you could say such a thing that the Torah of Tvarim the book of Tvarim is different than the other books because it's sort of generated by Moshe Rabbein it's generated by Moshe and I just want to tell you just in, in retrospect, well, we'll stop for a bit. You remember, you remember the Chet Amiratim, yes? You remember the Chet Amiratim, the spies. Now, what if that hadn't been a Chet Amiratim? What if the Miratim had not done what they did? If the Jews had not been unworthy, if they don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael, or they're supposed to go to Eretz Yisrael, when would they have gone to Eretz Yisrael right When's, that? When's that? Tell me in the terms of the books of the Torah. When would they go to Eretz Yisrael no. At the right, very beginning oh, of the book oh. At oh. the end of. No, by the end of Vayikra. Yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's at the end of Vayikra, the parashah, the suttakai? Mishnah. Uh, Tolkachah. Tolkachah. And what is the Tolkachah? So if you're, if you're okay, you'll be rewarded. But if you're not okay, you're going to be sacked. That's the agreement that I thought that you both made with today Israel. Because they were about to enter Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so you have to, Midbar, not so, right? We'll fit that in somehow, but basically... They were going to go to Eretz Yisrael at the end of the parsha, of Vayikra, the end of the book of Vayikra. In other words, the end of the book of Shemot, I can remember, we just did this. The end of the book of Shemot is the building of the Mishkan. When did they build the Mishkan? The tabernacle? As soon as Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Haksinai the second time which was, on what date? Very good, Yom Then they came down on Yom And Moshe the said to the name Israel, we need that Mishkan, let's build the Mishkan. And when was the Mishkan dedicated, so to speak? The beginning of Nisan, very good. The beginning of Nisan. And then, what was supposed to happen? So then they had the Mishkan. So they had to know the laws of the Mishkan. Where are the laws of the Mishkan? That's the book of Ayikra. After the book of Ayikra, But it's supposed to, to Israel. Israel. Uh, Eretz Something happened that stopped them. But if they would have gone the Eretz Yisrael after the book of Ayikra, then we would be missing the book of Bamidbar and the book of Tvarim. Now, to miss the book of Bamidbar, not such a big deal. Right? Why? Why is missing the book of Bamidbar That's not such a big deal? Well, terrible things happen but, but what, what is B'lidvar? B'lidvar is history it's about things that happen so it wouldn't have happened none of those things would have happened if the Jews had not sinned and therefore stayed back in the Midvar so all of those things all of those things would not happen what about the book of Tvarim? ok so maybe Moshe baby would be with B'nei Yisrael in Eretz And he would be teaching them the Torah that he wanted to do. But now Moshe Rabbeinu was under pressure because he was not going to go to Eretz Israel with everybody else. Remember, Moshe Rabbeinu had his own hezbollah. Right? The tragedy of Moshe Rabbeinu is exclusively stated in the Torah in next week's parasha. Right? The parasha that we call Nachamu. but this week's parasha this week's parasha is the uh, this idea that Moshe had more to teach he wanted to say more to B'nai Yisrael he said I haven't really taught it properly at least according to Rashi." and now according to the the Abba now it says the same thing I haven't taught the Torah properly there's more to say there's more to teach I would have done it in Eretz Yisrael if everything worked out but it didn't work out so we got stuck in the desert. In the desert, I taught the Torah piecemeal. I didn't have an opportunity to teach the finer distinctions and things. And that's what I want to do, according to the Epaphrodite, according to Rajah. That's what I want to do now in our Vodmach, before you go into Eretz Israel. So if we look at the bottom of that page, the oath, See that under the line, there's a line, the Oth. The Oth, he, e'b'cha yu, <laughs> he
1: says, if Moshe was
0: going to teach the people things that he hadn't taught them yet, don't you think that those things should be introduced in the book of bab by a phrase by the Be'a Shev of Moshe? Because after all, what was Moshe teaching B'nei Israel? Things that he learned. Things that he learned from God on Harsinat. So he says, He says, he says a, he says this is a you that's repeated again and again. Ishwon Eda Bisha man already said it, al Kudashot, at the is was, the rabban has this interpretation. Why doesn't he say that nah, about Moshe Nimor? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching it 38 years after he received it on the on Sinai. So it's not as though it was a direct communication from God because there's this time lag. That's what that's what the rabban says. But you see again, there is this problem that keeps coming up If you turn the page. Let's turn the page. Page three. Ha. The true I am try to explain. The Abba now says, "My answer is the Bible now says, "But intention is not to rebuke the Moshe's intention is not to teach them new mitzvot that they didn't learn. had not let them learn. The shalot they barely had the same them. of not was not the review. He it wasn't going to teach them the mitzvot over again. It wasn't going to talk about things that he already talked about. Uh, his only intention was to clarify the Paradim Israel that the should be understood. that had to clarify. For So You see that that pasuk comes up again and again as being the key to what it is so the answer to the question that we are looking for. Uh, next character. Anam inyan ha-sefer ha-zev amit ha-tohu sh'mosher abeinu la-va-shalom <laughs> amaret vo him the air amitzvot sh'mizkar to be Yisrael get so afraid that Moshe is very much aware that he was leaving B'nei Israel. He was separating himself from his people. Israel. the So Moshe so, so, the now, the answer the Bible, to this problem is that Moshe Rabbeinu he wanted to say something to the Yisrael but that doesn't mean that God would necessarily direct Moshe Rabbeinu to write those things and include them in the Torah. So what makes the Torah min according to the Barbedeh according to the according to maybe according to Chazal as well what makes the Torah the Torah of the the answer is because God directs Moshe HaBei to write it now once God directs Moshe HaBei to write it the words could have originated with Bilom Bilom the words could have originated Melas, Melas, Melach there are all kinds of people who are talking and acting in the Torah but what makes it Torah? What makes the words of the that are written in the Torah Torah? Because God commanded Moshe Rabbeinu to include them, so that the words of of are, are not Torah because he received his inspiration from God. The words of Bilam are Torah because God told Moshe Rabbeinu to write them, to write them down in the Torah, and so so it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter of course to be about I know why Moshe Rabeinu wanted to write wanted to say these things to the mainstream. Israel it could have been Tochachah it could have been Beher it would know, to explain the Mitzvot etc. all of those things are possible but what makes them Torah what makes the word Torah is that God instructed Moshe Rabbein to write them down. And on that, in that sense, there is no difference between the book of Dvarim and the book of Shmoth, the Vayikra, etc. It was the reasons reasons that the book of Dvarim doesn't contain that pasuk by Dabar Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. There are reasons. Because it was generated by Moshe Rabbein and we all know that the Shirat Azim, the Shirat azim is Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu sang the song of Ha'azim Moshe Rabbeinu sang the song of Az Yashir Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu said those words right? that's Moshe Rabbeinu but that's not what makes them Torah what makes them the Torah is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Avedo write them down write them down in the, in the Torah and in fact in fact you know the, this discussion about the last eight sukkim in the Torah the book of Torah, that described describe the death of Moshe Avedo so the demonic said how could Moshe Avedo write down the death of Moshe Avedo I mean he didn't die yet so why would Moshe Avedo write down by yah Moshe, or at the end of the book of, of Tarih is a description of Moshe Abenu's disappearance but he was, must have been alive because so there's an opinion that Yoshua wrote those last eight psukim. but according to the standard opinion when Moshe Abenu wrote the last eight Sukim., other of it, it makes perfect sense according to the that because those eight sukim were dictated to Moshe Abenu were dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why they're in the Torah. Even though it hadn't happened yet, that had, had not yet happened. because the Gemara says the Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them dema dalet mem ayin, which is taken by the Gemara to mean, or taken by us to mean that he wrote them with tears. The maot he wrote his last to with tears. So you know he write them with tears. You don't really get to see what you wrote; and you just not there. unless you know you have some kind of invisible ink, which then becomes visible after time. So the way the Gemara understands it, and Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down directly from God, but it didn't really exist for Amisra. Then Moshe Rabbeinu went on the on the mountain and disappeared, and then the words became known uh, to us. But again, this principle that was formulated by the Ramban, this principle was formulated by the Ramban and then uh, taken up by the Barbanel, which is that Torah, Minah means that it was written with a divine direct. that Moshe Rabbeinu sat there and wrote what God told him to write. So it may be that God said those words, Moshe Rabbeinu, that you have said, are worthy. We should keep them. We should know about them. We should learn them. So write them down. Write them down in the Torah. And that—that uh, that was felt by the Rishonim to deal with the problem. Like how could it be that started How could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu would write the Torah? Other It's because he was Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's the proof. Even though the, the Rambam says, the Rambam said that in order to bring the Torah into the world. You had to really understand the Torah profoundly. Only Moshe Rabbeinu could do that. It's hard for us to understand that because, after all, if Moshe Rabbeinu is a sort of a secretary or typist for God, then where is the profundity? So the profundity of Moshe Rabbeinu according to this interpretation is expressed in the book of Tvarim, which is a book of profundity. Like more, I want to know more about the Mitzvot, more about what is, is going on with us in the, in the world, that only Moshe Rabbeinu could transmit that more to us uh, here. Okay, have a good chance.